and there's intimacy on the radio and there's naturalness on the radio that can never be replicated on TV. The marvelous resurgence of radio as a political force in this country. News-related radio programming is evolving. There's a huge hole in our dialogue that can be filled by the synthesis of traditional radio and the freedom that comes from a live podcast. You're about to experience Cowboy State Politics Live. Here we go. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another incredible installment of Cowboy State Politics Live from very high above all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media. This is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver cowboy state politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the program. It's been quite a week politically in the cowboy state. The Joint Revenue Committee met in Sheridan on Monday and Tuesday. The first day, I have to tell you, man, Sheridan, that room at Sheridan College was packed. Now, the interesting thing is whoever set up this dumb committee decided to hold the committee hearing in the smallest room possible. The interesting thing is there were two venues that were significantly larger, not 100 yards away from the building that they held it in. Well, anyway, they arranged the chairs so that the fewest amount of people possible would fit in the room. No doubt this was at the behest of the, the, the committee's chairman, Steve Harshman, red coat, former Speaker of the House, Steve Harshman. So there was over 100 people and like the room was filled and there were people pouring out into the lobby and the almost the entire morning. Well, actually, the entire morning was a history lesson on property taxes, how they're ca- calculated, how we got there, where we're going, what we'd like to do, how the computer program works, how it's so incredibly complicated that no normal human could understand it. That's why the Department of Revenue employs mathematicians. You see, can't do calculus without mathematicians, and we can't have property taxes without calculus. Because if we didn't, then you would be uh, be able to understand exactly what you're paying for. The irony in all of this, my friends, is that you should be able to read on one sheet of paper why you're being taxed the amount that you are. As it is, though, hardly any of us can understand why our property is valued the way that it is. The short, short version is the value of your property is determined by all the other houses around you. Neighborhoods, they call it, comparable houses. So if your neighbor in your neighborhood, and actually the truth is, uh, when the Department of Revenue and assessors use the word neighborhood, they don't mean your street or your block. What they mean is over five houses of comparable size and condition. It could be across the city. I mean, you could have one house that's on one in, one edge of the city, and then on a Cheyenne, for instance, and then on the complete opposite end of the city, there might be another house that's similar. That other house would still be in your neighborhood. I know, incredibly complicated. So anyway, if your neighbor decides to sell their home, well, whatever it is that they sold it for, that helps determine the market value of your home. Even though you have no intention of selling or moving or whatever, and you bought that home so you could live out the rest of your life in it, you still have to pay property taxes on what it's valued at, and you will continue to pay property taxes on what it's valued at in the future. Now, part of how that's determined, and are you getting that this is incredibly complicated and stupidly so? So part of how that is complicated is they use this manual called Marshall and Swift, and it determines uh, construction costs. So the the assessed value of your house 
is in part determined by replacement costs for it. So for example, if you take my parents' house, they paid $53,000 for their house in Buffalo, Wyoming. And I believe that was in like 1980. Well, right now the house is valued in high 200s. Now, if you had to replace that house, we're talking, I don't know, 300, 350, 400 grand. And it's not that great of a house. It's over a hundred years old. But the value of your property is determined on replacement costs, at least in part. So my, my point here, my friends, is this is all far too complicated, and it really should be, be able to be explained on one single sheet of paper. It's not that hard. So back to the Revenue Committee meeting. The entire morning was that, in, that complete history lesson. Now, the whole intent, and of course, you have to watch these things to, to get what they're trying to do to you, but the whole intent was to make it so boring that everybody left. You see, they hold these meetings during the week, so us normal working folks can't attend without taking time off of work. And if we do, they try their best to chase us out of the door so that we don't have time to testify. And that is exactly what happened on Monday morning in Sheridan, Wyoming. About half the crowd left. Fortunately, though, the crowd was big enough that there were still a lot of people there in the afternoon to testify, at which point Steve Marshman proceeded to ridicule the people that came up to testify. Imagine that, an elected official ridiculing the, the common people that came to testify in front of him. I mean, it was almost like he was saying, shut isn't, it's not your time to talk. Which, really, he did that a couple of times. He told this one really articulate gentleman who was testifying in front of the committee, and the, all the guy did was quote James Madison a couple times, and Harshman looked at him and said, you know, this is not a talent contest or a campaign speech. We're here to just get information. Excuse me, Harshman, you're there at the behest of us. You're a public servant, and you work for us. It is not the reverse. No. Oh, that was Monday. Tuesday was much of the same. And then Tuesday evening in Buffalo, Wyoming, Redcoat Barry Crago, excuse me, Poison Barry Crago, and Wrong Way Commissioner Bill Novotny held a property tax town hall in Buffalo, Wyoming. We'll get to that a little bit later in the broadcast. Uh, but so the week has been filled with property taxes, and rightfully so. Wyoming citizens sent our elected representatives to Cheyenne to fix this problem, and they didn't do anything about it. Well, you know, there was 21 bills dealing with property taxes, and all of them failed. Imagine that. And then at the very last minute, they wrote up what they really wanted to do, which is to create a fourth class of property. Now, all of us are going to have to vote on this in 2024, but I'm telling you right now, my friends, it is a grave error to vote for that constitutional amendment for the simple reason that what it will do is allow the legislature to independent, independently manipulate the tax rates for your house. You see, right now, there are three classes of property. There's industrial, agricultural, commercial, and then everything else. So commercial and everything else that includes your house is kind of lumped into one. And that was done on purpose because it prevents the legislature from, from monkeying around with the tax rates. They can't raise taxes on your house without raising taxes on on businesses. And so like I said, uh, and, the, and the reverse is true. So uh, really, that third class of property is there to protect you and to protect businesses. So if they're able to break out residential, well, then they can change the tax rates on anything. Now, as we're going to, well, we don't, actually, I don't have a soundbite for you, but during the town hall in Buffalo, Barry Crago said, well, you know, anybody that's suggesting that, you know, nobody is going to do that at the legislature. Well, the reason why I say that is none of the people, well, hardly any of the people in Cheyenne deserve our trust. In fact, 31 redcoats in the House of Representatives claim to be Republicans, and they just really aren't, really. They're Democrats. So why is it that we would trust them? Well, it's because, you know, they're the elite. They're the ones that are elected. You know, they're, they're, they know better than you and I. So, of course, we should trust them. 
Well, so anyway, my friends, you should definitely vote against that constitutional amendment, and you should be giving your county assessor as much grief as humanly possible, even though the county assessors really don't have that much to do with the increase in your property taxes. They're the ones that get, get a lot of time in front of the Revenue Committee in Cheyenne. So uh, that's your direct link to um, the, the legislature as far as your property taxes are concerned. The other thing that you can do is you continue to advocate for acquisition pricing with property taxes. What that is, is the taxes you pay are dependent upon what you paid for the house. It's just like everything else. Think about your vehicle. Every year you have to pay, pay for license plates. Now, when you buy the buy your brand new, for instance, uh, your license plates are pretty expensive. Well, uh, as years go by, oh, excuse me. As years go by, the price of those license plates goes down because your your vehicle depreciates in value. So you get, have to pay less and less and less. There's no reason why we shouldn't apply the same principle to houses. I mean, it just makes perfect sense. Well, moving on, and let's let's get to the news of the day. It's not very often on Cowboy State Politics that we got get to talk about breaking news, but this is just in this morning. From Breitbart, the Supreme Court, racial preferences are unconstitutional in college admissions. Now, this is an incredible win for conservatives, my friends, because this this entire administration and frankly, Barack Obama, and you could look back at George W. Bush and, and the rest of them, but we've been moving away from meritocracy. That is, everybody has an equal opportunity to exceed succeed um but you know your your success is determined on you know what you put into it what your merit is and as it relates to college if you're an excellent student you ought to get a you know you ought to be uh paid back for your hard work in high school that's how it's supposed it's supposed to work but right now my friends we have students that have a 4.0 in high school and actually they probably have more I don't even know how it works right now, but you have excellent students out of high school that apply for colleges and they're they're not admitted because somebody of a different race or gender or whatever it is that we're calling it these days, um, they get your spot because they represent minority. That's That's horse hockey, my friends. Colleges shouldn't work that way. It should be based on your aptitude, period. But from Breitbart, and I quote, Racial preferences in college admissions violate the Equal Protection Clause of the United States Constitution. The Supreme Court decided Thursday, that was this morning, in a historic decision with profound implications for racial preferences in many areas of law and public policy. The Supreme Court upheld racial preferences, euphemistically called affirmative action, in college admissions in the Bakke decision in 1978. Since then, debates have raged about whether to use quotas, point systems, or other ways of favoring one applicant over another based on the color of their skin, with the Supreme Court upholding some approaches while trimming the sails on others. Conservatives have insisted for half a century that the Constitution does not allow any of these approaches. Now, liberals always like to use the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. I mean, it's they try to lump everything into it. But in this case, the Equal Protection Clause applies specifically. So it, it commands that no state, quote, shall deny any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of laws. The Supreme Court has always acknowledged that the central promise of the Equal Protection Clause is to forbid laws and public policies that discriminate on the basis of race. Well, colleges have been taking it to an extreme in the United States. I mean, all, even Ivy League schools like Harvard, and quite frankly, I mean, Harvard has kind of gone off the rails. It's no more; it's no longer the premier school um, to send your children to, and you, quite frankly, you can't afford it anyway. So anyway, the majority opinion declared, quote, the Harvard and UNC admissions programs cannot be reconciled with the guarantees of the Equal Protection Clause. And here's from its opinion. The Constitution deals with, and this is great. I love this. Uh, you, should, you should write this down um, or go find the article. It's, it's on Breitbart's front page right now. Uh, anyway, it says, quote, the Constitution deals with substance, 
not shadows. And the prohibition against racial discrimination is leveled at the thing, not the name. The benefit to a student who overcame racial discrimination, for example, must be tied to that student's courage and determination, or a benefit to a student whose heritage or culture motivated him or her to assume a leadership role or attain a particular goal must be tied to that student's unique ability to contribute to the university. In other words, the student must be treated based on his or her experiences as an individual, not on the basis of race. Uh, and Justice T Clarence, Tom, and that opinion was written by um, John Roberts, who, you know, uh, for a long time, I, I didn't really think that John Roberts was a conservative. Uh, certainly, he sided with the liberals in a lot of decisions. Uh, but uh, Chief or Justice Clarence Thomas joined in the majority opinion, and he wrote, quote, in the wake of the Civil War, the country focused its attention on restoring the Union and establishing the legal status of newly freed slaves. The Constitution was amended to abolish slavery and to proclaim that all persons born in the United States are citizens, entitled to the privileges and immunities of citizenship and the equal protection of the laws. Because of the second founding, our Constitution is colorblind and neither nors, knows nor tolerates classes among its citizens. End quote. Good job, Supreme Court. You know, at last couple decisions, I begin, I've, I've wondered a little bit if that was going to, if they were actually going to turn to the dark side. But this is an incredible decision uh, for America, my friends, simply because uh, we, we should have a system based on meritocracy. And while everybody has an equal opportunity to exceed, that doesn't guarantee you an equal outcome. I mean, that's uh, all of these calls for equity and everything are absolutely ridiculous because you can't guarantee the outcome of something. And that's and you you've seen reverberations of this throughout our country. I mean, look at how many people are out of the workforce, not because uh, they're disabled or they can't find a job or something like that. They're out of the workforce because they don't want to go to work because they know that they can get money without going to work. And, you know, I mean, it's a, that's a dangerous thing for our country, a dangerous path for our country to go down. So it's a good thing that the Supreme Court has taken, uh, taken a step towards meritocracy. After the break, I have some X-Files type news for you. Apparently now uh, the United States government is admitting that there are aliens and that perhaps their spaceships have crashed on Earth, and we'll do that after the break. But first, an absolutely obscene perfect moment. My friends, a lot of people in Wyoming say that we really only have two seasons, winter and construction. And while it's true that winter does consume a large part of our existence here in the cowboy state, I have to beg to differ. I think we do have all four seasons, and sometimes we have them all in the same week. So while you're putting on the chains, trekking through the snow, or wading through the mud, you should really take care of those feet of yours no matter what unfortunate circumstance you've got yourself into. The Buffalo Wool Company makes the most amazing socks that I've ever worn. They'll keep you warm in the winter and dry in the summer, and they have a wide variety of different socks. They've got some crew socks for if you wear tennis shoes or all the way up to boot socks. So it doesn't really matter what you're doing outside during this Wyoming spring, you should probably be wearing a pair of Buffalo Wool Company socks. Go to their website, thebuffalowoolco.com, and take care of those feet of yours, because they certainly take care of you. As you no doubt are keenly aware, I'm a fan of just about any Wyoming company. Just about, I said. And one of them you should really check out is New Trend Hats. They're a company that's based in Kemmerer. They make those hats with the really cool ponytail hole on top of them. And right now, they have a wide selection of hats for both men and women. Being as cold as it is, you definitely don't want your ears to get cold either. So go check out New Trend Hats. I'm sure you'll find one to keep those ears of yours nice and toasty warm. That's New Trend Hats. And now, 
back to the program. Line. Top U.S. officials have first-hand knowledge of secret UFO program, Senator Marco Rubio. And I quote, Marco Rubio has claimed that, that multiple senior government officials, including Pentagon employees with high clearances, are aware of a secret UFO cra- craft crash retrieval program being run by the United States. The Republican lawmaker made the claims in an interview with News Nation on June 26th. Shortly after, Air Force veteran and former intelligence officer David Grush alleged that the Pentagon had discovered dead alien bodies from the spacecraft that had crashed. Quote, there are people that have come forward to share information with our committee over the last couple of years. We want to be very protective of those people, said Marco Rubio, who serves as vice chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee. A lot of people came to us before the protections were in law for whistleblowers to come forward adding that many of those claim to have first-hand knowledge of the alleged extraterrestrial retrieval program. Now, a few episodes ago, I played you some audio of this David Grush, and I'm going to replay that for you just so we can get an idea of what this guy is talking about. But my friends, this thing is kind of out of this world, pun intended. Here's that piece of audio. Grush sitting down with award-winning investigative journalist Ross Coldhart, who's reporting for News Nation and has spent years reporting on the UFO question. What conclusion did you come to at the end of your time on the UAP task force? Uh, the UAP task force was refused access to um, a broad crash retrieval program. When you say crash retrieval, what do you mean? Uh, these are retrieving non-human origin uh, technical vehicles, you know, call it spacecraft if you will, non-human exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. We have spacecraft from another species. We do, yeah. How many? Quite a number. You're kidding. No. I thought it was totally nuts, and I thought at first I was being deceived. It was a ruse. People started confiding in me. They approached me. I have plenty of current former senior intelligence officers that came to me, many of which I knew almost my whole career, that confided in me they were a part of a program. They named the program. I've never heard of it. And they, they told me, based on their oral testimony, um, and they provided me documents and other, other proof, that there was, in fact, a program that the UAP task force was uh, not read into. Did you listen to how matter-of-fact he was? So, we have bodies from another species. Yeah, we do. How many of them? A lot of them. I mean, it's, fa- I mean, it's amazing. Now, ask yourself, my friends, this should, I mean, why is this not the biggest story that you've ever heard of? I mean, for for 50 years, the United States government denied that there were any, whether there were even extraterrestrials and that all of these crazy things that we've seen flying in the night sky, well, you know, they're not aliens or anything, you know, and unidentified aircraft and all of that. Uh, and now, all of the sudden, they're coming out in the open and saying, well, yeah, you know, um, there, there's spaceships that have crashed on Earth, and we have the wreckage. Oh, my God. I mean, why is this not a huge story? Well, I'll tell you why it isn't, because none of it fits the agenda of the left. None of it helps with climate change. None of it helps President Joe Biden get elected. None of it reelected. None of that helps. So why would the media say that this is a story at all? I mean, this is fascinating. You have a United States senator, Marco Rubio, coming out and saying, uh, yeah, we have we have crashed alien vehicles. Quote from Marco Rubio. We're trying to gather as much of that information as we can. Some of these people still work in our government. And frankly, a lot of them are very fearful of their, of their jobs, fearful of their clearances, fearful of their career. And some, frankly, are fearful of harm coming to them. Rubio's comments come amid an ongoing investigation led by House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer into the alleged secret military UFO program. The committee is expected to hold a hearing on the matter coming soon. 
The probe was launched shortly after Grush made his claims regarding alleged extraterrestrial discoveries earlier this month in that interview with News Nation. Quote, this is from Marco Rubio. There are... They, there are retrieving non-human origin technical vehicles, call it spacecraft, if you will, if you will, non-human exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. Well, excuse me, that was a quote from the David Grush. Well, naturally, when you recover something that's either landed or crashed, sometimes you'll encounter dead pilots. And believe it or not, as fantastical as it sounds, it's true. Asked whether he believes Grush and others claims to be genuine, Rubio told News Nation that he doesn't find them to be not credible or credible because they are simply beyond the realm of what any of us have ever dealt with. What I think we owe is just a mature, you know, understanding, listening and trying to put together the piece, put all the pieces together and just sort of intake the information without any prejudgment or jumping to any conclusions. Uh, the Republicans' comments come after the Senate Intelligence Committee advanced a bill that would pause funding for any government activities involving unidentified anomalous phenomenon. Don't you just love the names that they come up with? Unidentified anomalous phenomena. Uh, and it's fun to say, too. Unidentified anomalous phenomena that have been formally, officially, explicitly, and specifically described, explained, and justified to the appropriate committees of Congress or congressional leadership. Uh, again, my friends, it's just amazing that this is not on the front page of every newspaper and on every news program every single night. In a bit of town hall news, Sheridan Media is at it again. And I have to tell you, my friends, I don't take any pleasure in this next story. Uh, it's an article written by Aaron Palmer, and it's entitled Town Hall Attendees Want Change Lower Property Taxes. Now, before I begin, I like Aaron Palmer. I sat next to him at numerous events, and I, I, like I, said, I don't like having to go after this article, but it's absolutely ridiculous. And we have to point these things out when they come up. A quote from the article. The town hall meeting was held at Buffalo High School Tuesday night for organizers to discuss property and other taxes with the public and answer questions directed to, at them concerning legislation. State Representative Barry Crago and Johnson County Commissioner Bill Novotny organized and even invited Ashley Harpstreth, I think that's how you pronounce her last name, Executive Director of the Wyoming Taxpayers Association, to give a brief presentation. A question and answer period followed during her presentation, with those attending mostly voicing their displeasure at the rise in property taxes. A few of those spoke had ideas and shared how they could be accomplished. One question asked one question asked of Representative Crago was why very little got accomplished during the legislative session. When asked what he plans to do about property taxes during the next session, he said he plans to try to bring people together oh, and work with everyone to get property tax relief and reform done for the benefit of Wyoming taxpayers. After the Q&A period, Representative Crago thanked those who came, listened, and shared. Heart. This is the is quite possibly the most charitable representation that could have ever happened out of that town hall on Tuesday night in Buffalo at the high school. There is no other possible way that you could make what happened to Barry Crago and Bill Novotny sound any more glossed over than this article. I highly suggest you go listen to yesterday's program where I gave you sound bites of exactly what happened. One in particular, Barry Crago, uh, in answer to the question that was referenced in the article about why very little got done, he blamed everything on the Freedom Caucus. Well, you know, those Freedom Caucus guys, they just voted against everything. And, you know, they don't want to work with anybody. And, you know, if their name's not on it, well, they're, they're not going to vote for the bill. Which, of course, is completely not true. All of the property tax bills that got voted against, there were significant reasons for doing so. One of which happened to be that fourth class of property, because all of the all of the conservatives that the that voted against it knew what the legislature would do. That they would monkey around with the tax rates. That they would independently manipulate them, and you would get no tax reform whatsoever. Now, one. One questioner looked up at Barry Crago and said, well, perhaps one of the reasons why the Freedom Caucus voted against all this stuff is people attached amendments to it that made it impossible to vote for. 
and looked up at Barry Crago and said, I'm sure you know something about that, don't you, Representative Crago? Now, that's about as uncivil as it got, but the inference is clear. The reason why we call Barry Crago Poisonberry is that he made a habit out of attaching gigantic appropriations to all sorts of bills during this past session, so there was no way possible that anybody could vote for them. One in particular, a ban on mask and vaccine mandates, he attached a $1 billion appropriation to it. So, of course, nobody can vote for it after that. There was a bill to prevent China from buying land next to F.E. Warren Air Force Base. Barry Crago attached an appropriation to that one. And he did that all over the place. So don't don't give me this crap that he listened and shared. And then it was all a kumbaya town hall. Aaron, if this was your takeaway from that town hall, I am extraordinarily disappointed. I mean, I, I don't see how you could get. I mean, how that is in any way honest. In fact, I think it is indicative of what the media has been doing to conservatives for well over 10 years. I think it is right in line with everything that Sheridan Media puts out about conservatives. And I think it is right in line with what the Pravda on the Plant does on a daily basis. Quite frankly, Aaron and Sheridan Media, you should be ashamed of yourself for that article. After the break, we're going to go to the Pravda on the Plat, and we're going to talk about this proposed BLM rule to allow conservation on public lands. This is a very, very dangerous idea, and we, should, we shouldn't even consider it, my friends. So we'll do that after the break. Cowboys. Cowboy State Politics is your source for fair, true journalism in the state of Wyoming. I know it's crazy to think that the most conservative state in the country only has one really conservative news outlet, and you're listening to it. Now, you can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps, iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, really any of them will work. But the easiest way is just to go to the website, CowboyStatePolitics.com. There, you can find all of the shows, as well as any of the articles that I might bring up during the course of a program. If you're one of these guys that thinks that you're informed because you pay attention to the Wyoming press, well, what you need to do is go to CowboyStatePolitics.com, pull up an article, and educate yourself, and find out that you've been wrong all along. Yeah, I know. It's probably going to hurt your feelings, but sometimes that's necessary. Just ask the Redcoats. New episodes of the program are published every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday morning. And then every Thursday at 10 a.m., Cowboy State Politics Live. You know, the program you're listening to right now. I cover mostly national issues on the Thursday program. You know, the stuff that we don't get to at other points during the week. You can find the link to the live program at CowboyStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. So check out all the Cowboy State Politics episodes every single week. And now, back to the program. Through the Pravda on the Platte. The Groot, say yes to conservation leasing on federal land. 
set, this is a sad chapter in America's conservation history, resulting largely from new railroads opening up the West to easy travel. There were very few regulations to limit the slaughter of the American bison. Market hunters wandered the plains. Sporting expeditions encouraged passengers to shoot bison from railroad cars. It was pure carnage. While many would like to believe that similar wanton destruction didn't happen, uh, the truth is it has happened repeatedly in the last 150 years. Species such as the black-footed ferret, the lesser prairie chicken, and are now on the brink of extinction. Many others are threatened or endangered are on this threatened or endangered species list. Grassland bird species have declined for over 40 years. Blah 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 blah. First of all, the sage grouse, the lesser prairie chicken, is not on the brink of extinction. It is not. And all of these quote unquote conservation efforts are not to not to help out the sage grouse at all. The truth of the matter is, my friends, that animals adapt. And as long as we use public lands, uh, I want to say conservatively, but that word is going to be used later on in this in this article, as least as long as we do it responsibly, there won't be that much impact on wildlife. And from the article, quote, in 1976, Congress passed the Federal Land Policy and Management Act. Among other things, the, uh, the act, there's a huge long acronym for it, requires federal land to be managed for multiple use and conservation is specifically listed as legitimate use. Theoretically, the large acronym program uh, should have leveled the playing field between conservation and commercial activities on federal land. But even after the passage of the long acronym program, conservation has often been secondary to other uses. Problem is that none of these people want to conserve anything. So, what is conservation? Conservation is using the land that you have available in a responsible manner, not overusing it for farming, not overusing it for grazing, managing wildlife herds. That is what conservation is actually protecting wildlife herds by managing their populations so that disease doesn't break out. The thing is, none of these people want conservation. They want preservation. Preservation is different in that they want to keep uh, all of these public lands exactly as they are. Now, this new proposed rule would allow uh, individuals and groups to lease BLM land or, quote, conservation purposes. But in reality, what it will do is allow them to lease it for preservation purposes. This is profoundly dangerous, simply because you won't have grazing on, on federal land. Do you know where a lot of BLM property is at? Yeah, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Giant grasslands. And do you know what goes across the grassland really, really fast? Wildfires. Do you know what keeps down the grass that causes the wildfires? Grazing. You know what's under the federal lands? Mm, minerals. Minerals that the state owns. Well, and if it's coal, the federal government owns it. But anyway, I mean, there's minerals that need to be exploited. And this proposed rule would allow individuals and groups to just, uh, you know, gobble up huge tracts of land. Now I sound like Monty Python, huge tracts of land um, uh, for the purposes, so-called purposes of conservation. And that's not what would happen at all. And so, you, you know, over 49 percent of and I'm sure somebody can correct me, but over half the state of Wyoming is property owned by the United States federal government. And so what they're talking about, this proposed federal rule, it could potentially gobble up large pieces of land in Wyoming and block them off for any sort of energy development or any sort of exploiting of our um, extractive minerals. Um, so. The point here is that this new proposed rule is is absolutely dangerous, and we shouldn't. I mean, we should lobby the BLM and everybody in the state um, against this thing. Because given the current administration, what do you think is going to happen um, if conservation, quote unquote, so called conservation, is allowed to happen on BLM property? Well, it'll be preservation, and the move will, and it will be a move towards eliminating oil and gas and coal development on on federal land. Now, the other thing that's interesting about this dumb op-ed is that Mr. Earl DeGroote, the guy that wrote it, uh, apparently his only qualification, and let me just read to you the little bio at the end of it, quote, Earl DeGroote, MSNPA, 
is a moderate Republican and a retired management consultant from Cheyenne. He's the administrator of the Wyoming Sportsman for Federal Lands Facebook page. So that is what qualifies you to be, be an authority on public lands, that you're the administrator of a Facebook page? Ah, come on. And then there's this. New Jersey parents call out Governor Murphy after state sues their schools. He's, quote, he's suing the taxpayers from, uh, I think this is from Breitbart this morning. Quote, New Jersey parents from Phil Murphy's town say the governor is not concerned for the well-being of kids in public schools and vow to fight against the government. New Jersey parents are threatening to take on state leadership after Governor Phil Murphy's administration, and this is fascinating, filed a lawsuit against their school district for bolstering parental rights. So essentially, the governor is suing parents because they want rights over their children's education. Quote from the article. He's suing the taxpayers. He's suing the people who don't agree with him. It's a political agenda. Brian Mason, father of seven, told Fox, oh, it's from Fox News, told Fox News Digital, people are worried about the cost of the lawsuit. Uh, but what about when I sue Middletown because a guy goes into the locker room with my daughter? I mean, this is amazing. This is where we're at, my friends. But you can't say anything against this transgender agenda. You can't say anything against butchering children because they think that they're a boy or a girl. You can't say anything against people dressing up as cats in, in a school. You can't do anything about schools putting sanitary products in boys' restrooms. Any of that. You know, that's we can't stand up for the rights of citizens. But, but the LGBTQ community, yeah, we sure can. My friends, that is one-tenth of 1% of the United States population. That's it, one-tenth of 1%. And we're led to believe that we have to support the rights of all of these people at the exclusion of everybody else, including parents. My friends, we are at a dangerous precipice in our country. We have to, and frankly, we should go back to the Supreme Court ruling that was issued today, that the Equal Protection Clause protects everyone equally. And if you look at the Wyoming Constitution, it says all members of the human race are equal without distinction of race, sex, religion, or any of that. We are all equal, and we cannot give more rights to another at the expense of, uh, of one particular group that happens to make up one-tenth of one percent. And then there's this more Liz Cheney news. From the cow pie, we're electing idiots, Liz Cheney says. The GOP will splinter if Trump is nominated. Quote, Cheney believes the Republican Party, the majority of which supports Donald Trump, is not behaving in a conservative manner, Cheney says, saying she considers herself a conservative despite her open dislike for Donald Trump and endorsing Democrats during the 2022 election cycle. Oh, my friends. You know, this woman will just not go away. I was hoping that she would go back to Virginia in her multi-million dollar mansion and just stay there and shut up. Got rid of her in Wyoming. Thanks uh, to the Wyoming GOP and a certain certain friend of mine, Joey Carrenti, that spearheaded a lot of that. And the Park County Republican Men's Club, they started a lot of that too. But we got rid of Liz Cheney for a very good reason. And it's not because she disliked Donald Trump, though, I mean, that had... Eventually, that had a lot to do with it. We got rid of her because she wasn't following the Constitution. Just a few minutes after the riot at the Capitol started on January 6th, Liz Cheney was on Twitter blaming Donald Trump for the entire riot. Six minutes. <laughs> without any due process, without any proof, without anything, she blamed the President of the United States. Now, why would you do that? Um, could it be that Donald Trump is far more conservative than she? I think so. So I, I forgot, a good first question is, what is conservatism? It's pretty easy. Equality for all. We just talked about that a minute ago. Reverence for the Constitution, that the Constitution protects everyone equally, one person over another. That you believe in free markets, that you, that you believe in the free marketplace of ideas, uh, that, that you believe in our republic. That that we have longstanding traditions that we shouldn't that we shouldn't just uh, you know do away with at the whim of some of some alleged 
alleged group like the LGBTQ lobby. Conservatism at its core means that we should we that the wheels of government should move slowly, not quickly, that we should pay attention to what the Constitution says, that it means what it says, and it says what it means. That, in essence, is what is what conservatism is. If you look at the Republican Party platform, it lays it out pretty clear. Number one on the list is life, that we believe that all life is sacred from birth until natural death, that we believe in family values, that the best place to raise a child is in a home with, with one mom and one dad, that we believe in free markets. I mean, the list, the list goes on and on, but conservatism is not hard. The thing is, Liz Cheney tries to, tries, tries to play like she's a conservative. In the truth, and you know, a lot of during the election, a lot of people said, "Well, she voted with Donald Trump ninety three percent of the time." And while that's technically true, uh, those were all the votes that didn't really matter. If you look at the, the real important votes, Liz Cheney voted with the Democrats. Things like the border wall funding, troops in Afghanistan, troops in Syria funding the border wall, all the things that conservatives were all um, hopped up about, uh, she voted against. Liz Cheney co-sponsored more bills with Democrats than any person in Congress. She's not a conservative. And so when we hear people say that word, we, we need to take stock of what it is that they're doing and what it is that they're saying, because they're not really conservatives. If you have to tell people all of the time, I'm a conservative, generally speaking, that means that you're not, because conservatism means we can judge it by your actions. It's very similar to being a Christian. You can judge a Christian by how they treat other people, how they act in their daily lives, the things that they believe in. You don't have to go around telling everybody that I'm a Christian. Now, if you look at all the candidates that are in, or all the people that got elected to the Wyoming legislature, there's 31 of them that all of the time, they're trying to remind people that they're conservative. Why do they have to keep doing that? Because their actions don't match their words. And so when you hear people like Liz Cheney say things like, I'm a conservative, well, you should just question that from the very beginning. Now, the whole point in in Leo Trotsky Wolfson's article is that Donald Trump is not fit for office, that Liz Cheney thinks that you know he can never be elected again. Well, she never gave him the benefit of the doubt. She never gave him due process. Uh, she accused him and uh, pronounced him guilty from the very beginning. So she says that Donald Trump is unfit for office. Hmm. Well, do you suppose that he's any more fit than the guy that's that's there right now? I spent a little time this morning uh, going through some of the fun things that President Biden has says, and I put together a little montage for you. Here it is. There's a lot of reason to be hopeful in 2020. But for God's sake, please take advantage of what's available. He said those words on January 4th, 2022. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Women are not without electoral and or political or, or maybe precise, not and or or political power. The first frost, you know what was happening. It had to put on their windshield wipers to get literally the oil slick off the window. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. This is the United States Camara, for God's sake. I want to thank all of you here, for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was was going to be here. Mr. President, thank you. You know, the needs of this are very to live to live and not having the money to pay for it. Not a joke. Think about it. Think about what you'd think about. You're going to have make that all cement. You're going to use that as basis to build on because you need security. You need stability for what you have. on t- And you're going to build up stories beyond. I mean, this is incredible. You know, our natural wonders uh, are. You know, inspire and the reflection inspires our to take action. You know, um, uh, America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping. 
traveling with him. And that's we traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. A solid meeting with, um, with uh, the, uh, they make a very good point. Here's the deal. Here's what drives the driver uh, in the states that are affected. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. It's focused. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's I, I haven't look. I think it's a right for people that bad at health care. Through an international average of pressure. <laughs> God, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in uh, foot. And Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. Wait, 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 wait. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. If it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. True international average of pressure. <laughs> My, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. We choose unity over division. We choose science over fiction. We choose truth over facts. We have this notion that somehow if you're poor, you cannot do it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. We've acted together. We have never, never, never been unable to overcome whatever the problem was. If you agree with me, go to Joe 303. Three O and help me in this fight. Um, uh, um, what am I doing here? I'm talking, yeah. Thank you for tolerance and listening to me. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, none of us appreciate it very much, Joe. So my point here, my friends, is Donald Trump is unfit to be president. That guy is. That was four minutes of the very, very few number of of gaffes that that guy has made. All of the time, he can't string two sentences together. And that's not me being mean. That's me being truthful. My point, the point here, my friends, is we're, we're living in fantasy land. I mean, we talked earlier in the broadcast, we talked about aliens. But honestly... We have, an, we have some guy who doesn't even know what planet he's on running our country. And Liz Cheney has the gall to say, well, you know, Donald Trump is unfit to be president. I'm not going to give him, you know, due process or anything. Ah, man, it just, it just infuriates me. After, I've got one more article after the break. There's been a disturbing trend that has been continuing, one that I want to alert you about. And we'll do that after a obscene proof timeout. Do you like hot wings? Well, if you don't, what the heck is wrong with you? Well, my friends, I happen to be obsessed with them, and the best wings you're going to find in the state of Wyoming come from the Wing It food truck. They make the most incredible wings, and it's not just hot wings. They have several other different flavors. I personally recommend the garlic parmesan wings. They're amazing. And the way that you can figure out where that truck is going to be is go to the website, cowboystatepolitics.com, and look underneath the Sponsors tab, and you can find their schedule there. That way, you can plan your entire week around where that truck is going to be. That's the Wing It Food Truck. Morton Buildings is one of the leading metal building companies in America. They manufacture a lot of their own materials, and they've been doing this longer than anybody else around, and they definitely do it better than anybody else around. So it doesn't really matter if you need a garage or a barn or maybe a roping arena so you can do all of that rodeo stuff when it's 23 below zero, or perhaps a giant warehouse for your business. You should give my friends Nick and Jesse a call at 307-674-2532. Just tell them what you're thinking, and they'll handle all the details. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. And now, the conclusion to our program.
my friends, there is a dangerous and disturbing trend developing. I need to make you aware of it because I don't know if it's going what way it's going. Either I'm agreeing with someone or someone is agreeing with me. But either way, I don't like it. Actually, I find it unsettling. Now, I was watching Unsolved Mysteries last night, and it kind of gave me the willies. And then I found this article, and quite frankly, I'm 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 really scared for our future. But here's the trend. I am apparently agreeing with Rod Miller. I know, I know, shocking it, it is, uh, but don't be afraid. I'm still being objective about this. I'm just saying it's a, it's a trend that we should pay attention to. From the cow pie, Rod Miller. In his article entitled, Me Thinks U.S. Attorney Merrick Garland Wines Too Much. Well, just from the headline, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of happen to agree with him. Quote, the latest rumor around the old campfire suggests that U.S. Attorney Merrick Garland has his knickers in a twist because he's being criticized for his handling of the case against Hunter Biden. Garland is whining that such criticism is a threat to the independence of his outfit, the United States Department of Justice, and thereby a threat to democracy itself. Quote, horseshit. It's hard to threaten something that no longer exists. When the Department of Justice and the Office of the United States Attorney General were established in the Judiciary Act of 1789, there were high hopes that the top law enforcement official in the land would discharge his duty independent of any interference from Congress or the president. Like any ideal, the notion looked good on paper, but in time succumbed succumb to the realities of politics. Throughout my lifetime and yours, and before that, the Justice Department and the Attorney General have been used as political tools by the Oval Office, for good or ill. Now, I mean, right off, I don't think there's anything we can disagree with there. It's absolutely true that the United States Attorney General has been used as a tool by the president. Now, I don't know so much about Trump, but he, in all fairness, he did make lots of comments saying that the Attorney General works for him, which I guess is technically true, uh, but... Uh, the attorney general is supposed to be independent. Miller continues, and the current attorney, attorney general should be smart enough to know that. Fairly recent cases, Truman's attorney general, Tom Clark, published at the president's behest the attorney general's list of subversive organizations during the post-war Red Scare. It, it included not only the Communist Party, but also the Hollywood Writers Guild, which, by the way, was completely filled with communists. The Photo League of America, I don't know too much about them. The School of Jew Jewish Studies and the Washington Book Shop Association. He gave a list of the president and Congress. Nixon's law and order attorney general, John Mitchell, was sentenced to prison for his role in helping Nixon cover up Watergate. And then there's Robert Bork, whom Nixon named as acting attorney general for the specific purpose of firing the Watergate prosecutor. And for two of Bork's more principled superiors resigned rather than do Nixon's dirty work. And then there's Bobby Kennedy, John, Janet Reno, John Ashcroft, Loretta Lynch, and it becomes abundantly clear that the United States Attorney General has become something entirely different than an independent, nonpartisan, apolitical dispenser of blind justice for all. With that in mind, it's incredibly disingenuous for Garland to claim that he and his department are anything other than policy and political tools of the sitting president. Independent, my Aunt Fanny. So, like I said, my friends, although there's plenty of stuff that we could go after Rod Miller about, occasionally he hits one on the head, and apparently he hit he hits this morning. And while it does signal a disturbing trend, it may also be possible that Rod Miller is beginning to agree with us. Now, I know he's kind of a prickly old character, and I know sometimes he's not exactly all that conservative. Okay, really, he's not at all. I mean, he, he did help Carly Provenza produce a campaign ad, and he, he's anti-Trump, and he's for all of the rhinos in the legislature, so he's not conservative at all. But on occasion, he does get one right, and credit where credit is due. Well, that'll about do it for today's installment of the broadcast. You can listen to new episodes of Cowboy State Politics every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday morning. And don't forget about this program every Thursday at 10 a.m., Cowboy State Politics Live. A couple of things I'm going to publish later on today. Uh, the complete and unedited version of the, uh, the town hall meeting that was held in Buffalo on Tuesday night. Uh, it's two hours long, so, I mean, if you have two hours to kill, go listen to it. Uh, but you could really tell... Um, how different it was from what the media is portraying it out to be. And it's pretty interesting that the Cowboys State Daily didn't print an article about it. Most 
probably because Trotsky wasn't there. Uh, but it's, there's a very different version than the, than the one Aaron Palmer wrote up for Sheridan Media. And I, I think it'll tell you everything you need to know about the rhinos and the people who are controlling the county. Um, also, in a couple of updates from the episodes I published about the Johnson County audit, um, if you haven't listened to those, you need to go listen to them uh, because there's some really big problems that are happening in Johnson County, and you would be wise to uh, FOIA all of the documents, the, the current fiscal year's audit from your own county, and take a look. Uh, we looked into nine other counties during our investigation, and only one of them had the same problems or similar problems to uh, Johnson County. Uh, but the reason why we have audits is so that that we citizens can hold our elected officials accountable so that we can know exactly what they're doing with our money. They're there for a reason, and you should abso absolutely go look at them because, you know, uh, you know, idle hands are the devil's work. And a lot of times our politicians are doing a lot of things that we wouldn't like with our money. And it's up to us citizens to be involved and to make sure that they're acting accordingly. So we're going to have some updates on that probably next week, maybe a little bit later. Uh, but for now, from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson, and this is the Men All Night.